0: Brother Kohler, I think anybody in their right mind would rather have nice, nice fluffy, white snow coming down in this dreary rain. So, but uh, I guess he's right. We'll get our time eventually. What, wasn't that a good Sunday school lesson? A good, a good Sunday school lesson sermon? My sister DeStefano did a great job today. And uh, I appreciate it so very, very much. A couple times I thought, she, she's going to preach my sermon. And a couple times she did. But that was great and uh, we're glad for each one that's here today and uh, thank the Lord for uh, a good time Friday night. Uh, I enjoyed that and uh, enjoyed being with you folks and uh, thankful for the uh, good meal uh, that was provided. And um, I'm glad that uh, I was able to play volleyball volleyball for about 2.5 minutes and that was all right but, well, we had a good time. Now we're gathered back together in God's house, and uh, today is our day set aside for rest, our day set aside for worship, and we want to lift him up and magnify him. Brother Michael Mason, will you ask bless blessing on our service this morning, please? Father, heaven
1: we thank you, Lord, for the day you've given us to worship you and to serve you. We pray yes. you call us in this service. Help us, Lord, to lift you up. May you be high and lifted up.
0: Amen. May be seated. Let's join him, and Brother Adrian.
2: All right. Let's get our Christmas books out. I appreciate these books. They've really been a blessing to us. Added a lot of different songs, uh, and I appreciate them very much. Let's turn to number twenty-five. Number twenty-five. <clears throat> Come thou long expected Jesus Come That his spirit is with us today. I'm also glad that he's coming again. (laughs) And we're looking forward to that day. Amen. All right, let's turn back. Turn, I guess, ahead, you would say, to 27. Turn ahead one page, 27. Ring the bells. Ring the bells. Let the world know. That's our message. Let the world know Christ was born in Bethlehem many years ago amen that's the message of christmas and the world needs to know 27 let's sing it together Let's sing one more, number nine, number nine. Let's stand, if you would, as we sing this favorite carol. Hark the herald angels sing. seated. As we were singing that last verse, I was thinking about the part that says, God and sinners reconciled. It took Christ. It took him for us to be reconciled with God. And I'm glad that he came so that we could be reconciled with our heavenly father.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. So we go to prayer today. Let's remember choir as they're out this morning, I think, at Sunbury. And tonight, I think their last service at Lebanon. And let's remember Darren. uh, He's kind of winding down off of this and starting up for a Christmas program at at, uh, Penview. That's coming up real quick. And remember all the choir members uh, that are out today. Remember Charlie Bowser doing better, but let's keep remembering him in prayer. Please remember Pat. Uh, a local resident here from New Columbia and her family as well I have a very very special unspoken request uh, today that I would ask the church to remember. Uh, sister Kohler's sister then passed away. Let's remember Sister Kohler's family, and then Sister De Stefano and Brother De Stefano. Um, Brother De Stefano said he's feeling better, um, but let's remember him in prayer. And then Sister De Stefano, of course, if you were here in Sunday school, you know she's feeling a little bit of it. Sister Sherry Vincent. Uh, was here earlier and she had to go home. She wasn't feeling well, so uh, let's remember her in prayer. I think it's uh, Rita, Henry, is it your sister Rita? Yes, okay, let's remember this request, a very special uh, physical need there for Junior and Henry's sister, oldest sister, uh, needs our prayers today. Let's remember the outreach uh, ministry. Uh, that happens here on Sunday evening with the children and their families. Um, this is a special time of the year. Of course, it's Christmas season and I might say something about that a little later, but uh, really this is an easy time of the year to be a witness for Jesus. If, if there is such a thing as an easy time of the year to be a witness for Jesus, I think every day ought to get easier. The more you do it, the more it gets, it, the easier it gets. But uh, this is kind of Christmas. The doors opened up at Christmas and think about all the children and uh, their families and what a privilege we have from our church uh, those that are involved in that to be able to help uh, minister uh, in those families and share with them the true meaning of Christmas this Christmas season so let's be remembering them uh, in prayer uh, do you have any outspoken requests on your hearts anything you want to share Ellie Stephen. okay so remember Stephen Ellie's boy Jerry days, okay that's right all right, let's remember this request. John and Anna would be there, uh, but not able because of Anna's surgery. But Anna's doing well. Let's do continue to remember her prayer. Good to see John here this morning. Jerry. Okay, all right, let's remember this request for David. The Lord would touch help there and help in helping their family. If you if you go through that area, you know right where he's talking about, up on the hill. Uh, also, um, thinking about where we buy our candy, which is ordered, uh, that we give out at Christmas time. Um, the lady that usually we always go through, she's in the hospital, she's very, very ill. And, uh, and, uh, it, it's kind of like about 14 days, so we're about maybe like a weekend, about 14 days until they understand uh, what, all the ramifications of this. And it's a long story. Uh, but I assured them uh, down there at the store that we would be praying for her. And uh, so just remember this request for a lady, she's local to our area, um, that God would, would help and have his, his way there. My wife needs a touch. Okay, Rebecca, remember Rebecca in prayer still under the weather or something. So let's remember her physically. Yes, Deb, let's remember Deb. We're not sure what happened to her this morning. My wife went to pick her up for church and she had already gotten in another vehicle and went we don't know where and can't find her yet. So I'm um, not for sure uh, what happened there, but let's remember Deb, she was planning to be here this morning. So might have gotten the wrong car and I'm not sure. Make sure you identify the driver before you go riding away, folks. So let's pray for her. All right. I'm sure there's other needs on our hearts this morning, signified by upraised hands, other burdens. And uh, I know I have some in my family, uh, extended family that I would appreciate prayer for. I'm so thankful for the way God has been helping. But I think about uh, just areas where I want to see more. And so I'm just praying and asking the Lord to work uh, in my family, some of my relatives and such, and praying God's will to be done. I'm sure that you have burdens on your heart. And then I think about my neighbors uh, close to me every day. Think about them and uh, they need God. And I think about this, it's fine. Foreign works are great. Uh, we support foreign missionaries and uh, we, we, th- that's important all across the globe. But sometimes, you know, right here in our own backyard, right in our own backyard. There are just people that need Jesus, and we want to be faithful to them. So let's pray for our communities. Let's stand together this morning. Brother Lance, will you lead us in prayer, please?
3: A couple announcements want to make you aware of this morning. If you already haven't looked at your bulletin, Christmas caroling coming up here uh, next Wednesday, uh, December the 13th. And so we're looking at 6 o'clock, which is obviously earlier than a normal Wednesday night um, on time, but 6 o'clock to depart here from the church uh, to go Christmas caroling throughout our community. Um, following that, you all are invited to the Spangler's Um, For a time of fellowship and food afterward, there is a sign-up sheet back on the bulletin board. If you're able to bring something, you know, to to, to eat there to the Spanglers, you can put that there on the sign-up sheet. So I want to make you aware of that. Of course, the church Christmas program is coming up. December the 17th in the evening, so we're looking forward to that. And then another announcement up on the bulletin board, not listed in your in your bulletin, but uh, uh, on the board back there in the foyer, is a Christmas cookie outreach. If you remember last year, we put together uh, several uh, Christmas trays of Christmas cookies, plates of Christmas cookies to pass out to the families um, involved in the bus ministry, the bus ministry families. And so there's a sign-up sheet back there on the bulletin board, and also an announcement with all those details. Uh, I believe the 22nd is when they're looking at putting those Christmas cookies together, so if you're able to help, I think the goal is 50 dozen cookies uh, put together so that we can have enough plates to give to all the families of, of the children in the, in the bus ministry outreach, but if you're able to help with that, you sign up back, look back there on the bulletin board, get all those details, we would appreciate that. Ushers, if you'll come at this time, we'll wait on you for the tithes and offerings. Kevin, would you ask God's blessing on the offering, please? You're giving and thank you, musicians, for that offertory. I was thinking, sitting up here this morning and looking outside, it's a bit dreary uh, this morning, a bit cold this morning. But you know, I'm thankful that no matter what the weather is outside, you know, when I, I don't know about you, maybe you're not affected by the weather, but when it's sun shining outside and the grass is green and life just feels great, and then when it's dingy and, and dreary outside, you know, that can affect affect your mood and then other things in life. I think there's some people in our church who have faced really bad news this week and, and, and things have gone on. But you know I was thinking this morning, God is still the same. He's still my God. He still cares about his children. No matter what, no matter if something as simple or 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 as insignificant would seem as the weather or as serious as what you may have faced this week. God's still the same. He still cares for his children. He's still involved in their lives. He's still reaching out, guiding and helping us this morning. And for that, I give him praise. He's worthy of our praise this morning. I'm thankful to be serving Jesus. This time, we have a special number in song.
0: Thank you, trio. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful song. Amen? Amen. But in order to do that throughout the endless, endless ages, you've got to start praising Him now, right? You've got to praise the Lord now, not just in church. We do that in church, but you know, just in life. Praise God's good to us, isn't He? And what a wonderful, wonderful time of the year. Uh, to reflect on His goodness to us, tell the good story, and uh, don't get so bound up in the Christmas wrappings that you forget what all Christmas is about. All right? And uh, make sure you have opportunity, find opportunity uh, to share the Gospel story. Amen. What what a privilege we have. Wow. Matthew chapter 5. We've spent a lot of time in Matthew chapter 5 lately with Pastor Brenheiser and myself. And uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16. Let's stand together. I just want to read one verse for now. Verse number 16, let's stand together. Let your light so shine before men, women, boys, and girls, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before all people that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Brother Kohler, we pray over the message, please.
2: Thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. Thank you for your word, Lord. We ask you to pray now. One of our pastors, he delivers this message, Lord. May we receive it in our hearts and grow with thee. We thank you in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. You Maybe be seated. I'd like to talk to you about this. I'm thinking about Christmas season and all the opportunities that present uh, themselves uh, to us, and I'm uh, just thinking uh, about this thought. Shining light or casting shadows? Shining light or casting shadows? Aren't you thankful for the light of the world that's come into our hearts? And uh, we have these little things Uh, candles I'm not sure my wife got some somewhere and my daughter got some uh, somewhere they look like a little candle you know they're fake they're made in China they run off batteries and we got a little clicker I think these candles here in the window about the same they're different but they have a little clicker you just go by and hit that little button and turn them on or turn them off and uh, it's interesting we have some out in the back room there and I don't know if you just one-on-one, you just reach down, pick up a clicker, point it in that direction, and click. And it, they light just like that. No matches, no light are needed. And then you point to the other ones and click, and they light just like that. Isn't that neat? Isn't that? Well, I'll tell you what, if you would have invented that technology today, you would have been driving a Rolls Royce, because those things are everywhere now, those little lights. And I thought about that, I thought, you know, really, that would be interesting if we could somehow incorporate that Invention into Christianity, so that we could just, you know, every once in a while just click, click, and turn somebody's light on. Of course, we would never want to click and turn somebody's light off. But throughout the scripture, throughout uh, the Sermon on the Mount in particular, Jesus was addressing a variety of issues. He dealt with a lot of different issues in his um, uh, sermon. And all of which I think are very valuable and they are very instructive for the believer's life. Of course Jesus said it. Jesus shared it. uh, And the content was there for our benefit. Uh, He tells about all the benefits that we both received and we have in store for us. Those of us that seek Him, seek after Him. He speaks about the blessings dispersed for those who endeavor to live according to His uh, plan for their lives. Those who desire to Follow his desires in the first 12 verses. He speaks about that in chapter 5. Then he clearly transitions here in verse number 13. We didn't read, but in verse number 13, he transitions to something uh, else. Uh, and it's very important. It's an important directive for us to practice. And he's talking to us here about allowing your life to impact others, allowing your life to impact others, have influence on those around you in a positive way. In verse 13, to um, really, it's just uh, it sets the stage for us to get to the verse we read this morning, verse 16, let your light so shine. And then he gives us the reason for this, um, that those who see it may themselves also come into this right relationship uh, with God or for the glory or to the glory of God. Let your light shine. Let people see your life, see your works, see the way you live, see the way you talk, see the way you act. Let people observe that, see the things that you do or don't do, so that they might be turned toward Him. And I think this is the time of the year where this could be very effective for us. You are key to reaching those in your inner circle. God's plan is for your life to become a beacon of hope uh, to those around you. And whether we accept that responsibility or not, it is the greatest variable to their salvation. People around us, the greatest variable to their salvation is really a lot of that rests on us and what we do, the people that we come in contact uh, with, and in, in the life that we live, the impact that it has. Whether it be parenting, we think about parenting often uh, because many of us here are parents, but we think about parenting and affecting uh, our children, having influence over our children. And that's a wonderful thing. Aren't you g- glad that God designed it that way instead of the other way around, that children don't have all the uh, influence over mom and dad? Are you thankful for that? I am. I'm glad that when I was 4, five, six, 15, and 16, and 17 years old that I couldn't just tell dad how things were supposed to be. It didn't work that way in our home. Uh, dad told us how things were s- supposed to be. And I'm grateful for that. Um, this is an interesting thing. Maybe I've mentioned this before, but this is an interesting thing. I don't ever remember one time uh, ever challenging him. Now, some people, you know, they remember that in their life. They remember challenging their dad and arguing with their dad. I just don't remember it because we had this big long word called Consequences spelled b e l t figure that one out and i just know you just didn't do that dad i'm so thankful for the influence that he had in our lives and and uh, so grateful for that and i think but not only is it just family related this is this is beyond uh just things parenting and things this is this is about our neighbors, this is about our friends, this is about our peers, this is about our workmates, this is about people we come in contact with every day. Now, I've gotten older, and as I got older, I'm wiser now. And I realized, all of a sudden, I realized in the last couple of years, I realized that children can do no wrong. <laughs> Isn't that nice that I've got to that conclusion? Um, I said the other day to uh, Sister Tiffany, I said, "Don't he, don't, he can't do anything wrong. Well, the only thing the poor boy was doing was going over and pushing the button on the drinking fountain. That's all he was doing because it squirts up. Somebody had to show him that. I did. And as she's kind of getting at her. I said, oh, don't worry. It's not the children that we're so worried about now all of a sudden, you know, that we're old and decrepit. But uh, we have an influence in their lives, don't we? We have an influence in them and our neighbors. By man's very nature, he is attracted to light, Jesus didn't, you know, Jesus chose his words wisely, of course, but they just flowed out of the, really out of, out of life itself. Um, he didn't have to devise a sermon outline. Let me say it that way. He didn't have to work like some of us do and work and work and work. He just, it just was life itself, and he just talked in general. And it just flowed out of him because he was dealing with the real issue uh, of life that he knew everything about. But um, the very nature of man he is attracted to light, just like man's natural taste is towards salt. Uh, when you think about salt, these are the two things that he brought out and used here. Rarely do people ever take a bite of food and say, oh, yuck. Did you add salt to the mashed potatoes and gravy? It doesn't normally work that way. Normally, they take a bite of food, and they say, yeah. like the other day, we, my wife and I were uh, eating something. And my wife said to me, she said, mm, it needs something. I said, salt. Oftentimes, just salt. Uh, Makes a difference. Now, the cookies that Pastor Brenizer and I made the other day are famous recipes. Uh, thank you so much for baking those, Sister DeStefano. Stefano. I had to ask her if she tried any. I thought if she would eat my cookie, she probably wouldn't be so hoarse today. But uh, I thought about that. I thought anybody who would be interested in that, um, you're welcome to uh, try that. But you know, when you think about making cookies and things like that, the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm eating the cookie, not our cookies. But the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm eating that homemade cookie is not the salt that's in it. You Don't think about it because it's there, it exists, it's a part of it. When it's gone it's miss- and it's missing, you notice it. But when it's there, it just kind of uh, does its job and it makes it, it makes it very good. Light has the ability to attract for no other reason than itself, just light itself. Um, you go out on a dark night, a very dark night, and uh, I don't know if it's rainy and stormy and cloudy or foggy like it's been here the last uh, couple of days, and uh, if it's pitch black outside and all of a sudden uh, a light is somewhere shining, that just has the ability to take your attention away from all the darkness around, around you, and light is inviting. Light uh, With light comes comfort and security. And ability and warmth and certainly with light comes hope because it's inviting it's intriguing it has uh, it has the power of drawing unto itself and that's why Jesus said to us to you and I that you're the light I need you to be the light to draw others to him often uh, Jace makes his way into my uh, study and uh, he was coming over the other day last week, or maybe the week before, coming over to my study uh, the other day and, and came walking in and comes over and he says, up, up, puts his little arms up, up. And, uh, oh, by the way, if you get tired of me talking about my grandchildren, just start talking about yours. You'll get over it. But I think about um, little Jace coming over and say, up, up, up. And so I pick him up, put him on my lap, and then you know he's looking around things on my desk, and he wants this and wants that and this and that. And, uh, but I thought, I saw something the other day. It was one of these uh, lights that came from our pen company, Brother Roy. They send us out these samples different times that we order pens through. And they sent this little light that fits in your pocket, and you can pull it out and turn it on. And so I pulled that uh, thing out of the pen, uh, out of the little box that I have there, the pens went. I pulled it out of there, and I turned that little light on, and I'm going to tell you, Jace Slough, everything else that had his attention a little bit ago was all of a sudden gone. He was interested in that light. And I clicked that little button on and off and on and off. And he's reaching and reaching reaching, reaching his hand, leading forward. And I'm backing it up backing it up and clicking that light on He wanted that light. And so I finally gave it to him. And he looked at that light for a little while. And pretty soon he said, down, down. And he wanted down. So I put him down. And he took that light, and I knew where he was going. He was going to see Maga, a.k.a. Grandma, or a.k.a. Make America Great Again. But for whatever reason, he calls her Maga, and uh, <laughs> we're trying to correct that. And so he's headed over there to her, you know, and, and uh, with his, his little light. There was something about the light that intrigued him so very, very much. And that just happens in life. And it just that's why Jesus chose what he chose, the words that he chose. And, and Jesus was saying, if you will come follow me, I will equip you not only for what uh, people need, but really for what they want. They might not understand that they want it all the time. But I will, if you'll come to me, I will equip you for not just what they need, but what, what they're longing for what they want. You know, people in darkness, by nature, they want light. They want light. Often they don't know how to come to that light. And often it seems like a long time period lapses before that light ever makes its way across their pathway. But when that light comes, often the case is people, they respond to that light. It's intriguing in their lives and dealing with with a bucket load of difficulties and problems in life uh, I've prayed this very specifically I've challenged you to pray it Lord I want my life to shine for you I want to brighten the way for those around I don't want to cast a shadow have you ever been in a situation where somebody just sort of cast a shadow over you you just kind of felt that you walked into a setting or a place and and uh you know, sometimes I know we're uncomfortable in certain settings. I don't like big crowds. I don't like big crowds. I could get uncomfortable very quick. Uh, I'll go to the musical over at Penview and I'll enjoy the musical over at Penview, but I could honestly sit uh, on a chair in the woods somewhere and uh, watch deer. But I don't care necessarily for big crowds. I, and I'm not talking about, you know, sometimes just our natural makeup is that we, you know, we tend to. You know, be quiet and feel uncomfortable. I'm not talking about that type of thing. That probably happens to all of us. You know, uh, one fellow told me he said, he, "I get comfortable every time I take my car to the garage. Get uncomfortable every time I take my car to the garage because he's worried about the bill." So there's a lot of things out there that impact us. But um, I think you know, sometimes you get in such uh, situations that you feel, "What is that pressure? What's that darkness?" I mean, just in everyday life, you go someplace and you think, what is that? Well, I don't know about you, but when I come out from under that, I say, thank you, Lord. Sometimes right in the midst of those situations, I pray, oh, God, whatever this is, protect us just now. Watch over us just now. It's just, it's just a part of life. But I thought, oh, God, don't let us as Christians, as light bearers, don't let us ruin somebody's day. Help us to do our part to brighten their day. The old world has always been dark. Our Sunday school lesson referenced it a little bit today and Sister Stefano touched on it this morning. But seemingly it's getting a little darker. There are things happening right now in America and even worldwide for that matter that are revealing to just how dark things really are. Things are challenging in our world. Things that five or 10 years ago, uh, if they were present, we didn't notice. But today they're proudly paraded before us, things that are happening. Um, The one-time great college campuses and institutions across this one nation under God are nothing. And she used this word a lot in Sunday school lesson. But these college campuses, what's happening before our very, here in America, our country, what's happening here, they've become nothing but cesspools of sin, hatred of evil, as it turns out. The anti-God movement has been growing for a long time, and it's deeply rooted in our society. Many of these professors and administrators have silently built a nation within a nation of God-hating, light-rejecting, evil-inducing, devil-worshipping, heathen. That's our country. That's America. Things that are happening in our world right around us. Or as one outspoken political person said, nothing but animals in our country. You know, folks, the spirit of Antichrist is here. The spirit of Antichrist is here. What's happening, what's unfolding in our very world is very real. And that dark oppression? that you sense and feel in certain places is spreading out across our world. But I pray that God would help us to be a light. Somehow he could walk by, maybe through his Holy Spirit, could just walk by and point it in our direction and push the button and turn our light up a little brighter a direct result of those who at one time possessed the light but became so entrapped with the ways of this world that they hid their light under a bushel and it was snuffed out. We are reaping today the failure of the previous generation. Those who who were presented with the opportunity to shine the light, they have instead chosen to cast a shadow. How can the next generation ever hope to find their way to God? without a few lights. I think it'd be good for us to pause once in a while, specifically as believers, but if you are or if you aren't, I think it'd be good for us to pause once in a while and reflect back a generation at those who were faithful to keep their lamps trimmed and burning brightly. To consider those of yesterday who have long gone on, who carefully held their light high to shine across our pathway and spark interest in our heart to seek after and find God. Many of us here today have a heritage of light that illuminated our way out of the darkness. Thank God for it. Where would we be today without it? I'm indebted to a careful living, regular praying grandmother. She held the torch high. It shone across my daddy's pathway. And then both shone across mine. And all three then cast light before my children. On the other side is my wife's grandfather and her father and herself that also spread light before my children. They were getting it from two fronts. And yet today, but just two of us remain. How can we afford to hide our light under a bushel? And then as I was reading this word, Precious to my heart, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I said, God, help me. You say, does God really need us to be the bearer of light? After all, isn't he the light? Well, I came across an interesting comment from Adam Clark's writing. He was quoting from an old uh, classical religious text. He said in his quote, he said, The Israelites said to the holy blessed God, Thou commandest us to light lamps to Thee. And yet, Thou art the light of the world, and with Thee the light dwelleth. The holy blessed God answered, I do not command this because I need light. But that you may reflect light upon me. As I I have illuminated you that the people may say, Behold, how the Israelites illustrate him. Who illuminates them in the sight of the whole world. God is the light. He just needs us to call attention to the light. To be a reflector of the light. I remember an advertiser uh, one time said, the best way to sell products has always been by word of mouth from a well-satisfied customer. If you can make one customer truly believe in your product, he becomes an extremely effective and cost-free walking and talking billboard. A positive experience sells products. I'm convinced the power to, or the power of influence is a God-ordained thing. It can and ought to be always used for the good of others in pointing them toward heaven. Never would we want to be a stumbling block to anyone. Sadly, sometimes it is used as a tool for the devil, the power of influence, to cast a shadow over another, causing them to stumble and go in a direction that they were never intended to go in. That wasn't God's plan. Recently, I thought about my personal experience as a minister, and I've also found it very difficult to overcome something. I found it very difficult to overcome the bad influence of someone's close family or friends when it has been incorporated in their lives for so long. I've worked with people of this generation who were always afraid to step out from the shadows from their previous generation. They're not just accustomed to the light yet and they were used to the darkness and the way of darkness and maybe they see no need of change. But if and when they do, if and when they do come out of darkness and walk in the light, normally normally they say, why didn't I do it sooner? Not only because of the peace and the joy that they have newly discovered, but one of their greatest burdens becomes shining a light toward the previous generation and also the oncoming generation. And they often, they often are bothered by the wasted years. I, I think it's not good enough to wait until you're at the end of life. If you're a young person, give your heart to God. Serve him with all your heart now, today. Give him everything, and then influence everybody you can for him. Still, some are concerned about facing rejection. Some are concerned that others will reject the drastic changes that they're making in their new way of of life. This, by the way, is a trick of the enemy. This is a trick of the enemy. When a person comes out of darkness and into light, they're often secretly looked upon if not outwardly so, as a positive thing among their peers. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not so we can draw attention to ourselves or boast in what we have become, but that we might draw attention to Jesus Christ in us. The young minister was leaving a north country town and was bidding an elderly lady goodbye. Well, sir, she said. You'll be busy packing up your belongings, I expect. Yes, he replied. I have only a few things to get into boxes now. Well, just remember there's one thing you won't be able to pack up, sir, the old lady said. You'll have to just leave that behind. Well, I don't know. What would that be, the young minister said. Well, you can pack up everything except your influence. You cannot pack up your influence, sir. She answered quietly. I thought how true that is to life. Can't pack up your influence. Once it goes out, it's out. Be careful how you live your life. Since we have a say so in in the absolute, of influence. Let's be shining lights instead of deepening shadows. We're going to leave some kind of an impression. Why not make it a good one? Shall we stand? I was reading after a former president who was concerned about his legacy, what people were remembering him by and how that at one time they were remembering by this particular incident in his presidency. But now that seemed to be going away, and they were starting to remember him by this particular incident in his presidency. And I thought about that, and I thought about our lives. Maybe, even if we never become the President of the United States, maybe it would be important for us to be concerned about our legacy what we're leaving behind. I don't know. Christmas season would be a time if it's, if it's not up to where you want it to be. Maybe it'd just be a time to tweak it a little bit and say, God, help me to have a positive influence for you. Brother John Stolfus, who you dismisses in prayer.